1: How you doing? Well, that's good. You're listening to PHLY Flyers. That's right, PHLY. My name is Bill Matz, and I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. With me, as always, Philadelphia's number one. Hockey beat reporter Charlie O. Content. Yeah. Most importantly, we're in a new locale today. It's it's very. I it's I'm a little thrown off, uh, but it's really cool in here. I actually really dig this room. I do appreciate that the new locale gives you a
0: spot to showcase your energy
1: drink that keeps you alive yes. during the days. Yeah. Uh, it's all part of my plan to get everything <laughs> in my life for free. Um, I have a certain brand of energy drink here. I'm a big fan of it. But all you have to do out there other energy drink companies is give me your product and I'll drink it every show uh, But we have a lot to get into. Yeah, we, we do this is a new studio to be clear
0: <laughs> we, we always had the intention of having two studios at PHLY because sometimes especially Hockey and basketball season primarily there's gonna be overlap You know there's gonna be games where the Flyers are playing at home The Sixers are playing on the road and then we're gonna be doing pre and post game shows and quite frankly we got to have two studios if we're going to be able to do both of them. So
1: today is the very first show in our new studio. I really like that it's not the, uh, you know, when, say, a certain radio station has a couple of things going on at the same time, whether it's, you know, the Eagles and Phillies or it's the Sixers and Flyers. It's like, yeah, well, one gets booted to another station. Yeah. We have the ability to do things simultaneously here, and it's just a different room. You can still find all the content you need, so I'm real happy about that. I like what's going on in here, Uh, and I like what's going on at Flyers training camp, Charlie. You're feeling good about it. uh, Listening to John Tortorella speak today, and listen, the man is a professional. He knows what he's doing. It's as much his job to sell this team to us and to the fans as it is like, I mean, he's the face of the franchise right now. Yeah, but absolutely. If, him if or you're Gritty. Gonna, yeah, it, yeah <laughs> it's, it's him and Gritty and then, like, a drop and then, like, some players and maybe. And Mitch Koff, I guess. Yeah, like, a dude who's, <laughs> I don't know, 10,000 miles away. I don't know. Uh, but, like, if you're going to believe him, though, if you're going to take him at his word... It is exciting what he's saying. Like, it's one thing that yes, we're rebuilding. Yes, we want young players. It's one thing to say it, but he seems excited about
0: it. You know, it's funny, and we're going to get into the details of this as the show progresses today. But you know, you I think came away from Tortorella's media availability with us today in Voorhees excited about what he was saying about those specific players. I came away actually enthused about something else that maybe is related in a little bit of a way, but to me, it's it's almost just as important. I was enthused about the transparency, because for so long, the Flyers have have treated their injuries they've treated their roster they've treated their their overall plan as if it's this like closely guarded state this secret grand secret yeah that no one could possibly understand just how complex their plan is because you're just not yeah. smart enough you wouldn't get it and what <laughs> I liked about what Twitter did today is I mean I asked him and this was just me kind of going at going down a checklist of okay you know I got to figure out got to got to figure out what he might say about this got to figure out what he might say about that I I asked him, okay, so Sam Erson and Felix Sandstrom are still here. Are they are both of them going to play in the final preseason game? How are you guys going to make it work? And he just was like, you know what? I'm not going to bullshit you. Sam Harrison's won this job. It's, his, it's, <laughs> his answer was legitimately like, I'm just going to stop that question. Yeah, all right. Like, it's it's, it's our let's let's not go down this road. I know who he is. I know who the, the number two is. I'm just going to tell you rather than us play this game until Monday where I'm pretending that both these guys are still in the race, even though Carter Hart's going to play the entire game on Thursday. Like, I'm not going to I'm not going to bullshit you. 's won the job
1: I like um, I like that that was good it, it was and that I guess was the one of the first pieces of news that came out it's uh, it's Sam Arson and Felix Sandstrom is still here uh, they haven't sent him down doesn't seem like they're going to until they absolutely have to because uh, he does have to clear waivers but with the way it went last year because the coach had no confidence whatsoever in Felix Sandstrom and he was right in that feeling yeah. it seemed Uh Carter Hart made 54 starts, Sandstrom made 18, and Erson got into 10. Do we think there's going to be a more, I don't want to say even split, but do you think it's closer to like 40, 45 than 54 for Carter Hart? If Erson's here, he's going to play? I
0: I think – if i had to guess i would think they kind of would like it to be something like this you know like a 54 uh 54 28 is is what they did last year if you combine the two yeah, swedish yeah. goalie starts that said number one and we talked about this carter hart does have a tendency to get banged up a little bit and i don't think they would hesitate to give Ericsson more starts than maybe they would have they gave sandstrom last year because they just trust him more so that's number one and then number two I think erson is more likely to go on a hot streak that then will have them be willing to say, you know what, like it's a it's a back to back. Yeah, you know we're gonna split the back to back, but then the first game out of the back to back, instead of just automatically giving it to Hart, you know, Arson had a shutout, Hart gave up four goals. We're going Arson. That's if there's a three and four, yeah, there's a possibility, yeah. to go to Erson. Exactly, and and not that they're gonna give it to him, but first off, Sandstrom just wasn't playing well enough to earn those no, those spot God, starts no. anyway last year. But even if he did, I don't think they, they just didn't view him as an essential piece of the future in the same way they view Ayrson. So with Ayrson, if he's playing well, they're going to find more starts for him. And if that has to come at the expense of Carter Hart, it's kind of like tough shit. You know, you guys are basically the same age. Hey, this is the first time. It's funny because for a really long time, and, and I'm not saying this is the way it's going to be to start, because to start, this is Carter Hart's job. He's, and they're he's, calling him the clear-cut Yeah, one. he's the number one.
1: They've said he's the one but, multiple times. But
0: really, I would say ever since Brian Elliott, they've made a point to pick backups who very clearly are the second backup to Carter Hart. Yes. They don't want there to be a goalie controversy. This is a situation where, well, absolutely, 100%, right now Carter Hart's the clear number one, Sam Harrison's the clear number two. This is the first time where Hart has a backup who is in his prime and is highly valued by the organization. So if Sam Ersan in the first you know, 15 games of the year has a 920 save percentage, He's going to get more starts because they like him. He might not get more starts than hard, but he's going to get more starts than this expected distribution because they view Sam Erickson as a guy who, you know, he could be a number one NHL goalie or he could be a real good 1A, 1B type. Whereas Felix Sandstrom was always a... Well, I guess we got to find out what yeah.
1: we have in him, but we don't think he's that good. He's a backup because we need a backup. Yeah, like, exactly. And, I, his, and his absolute ceiling is just a backup. And they think Erson's ceiling yes. is significantly better than just a backup. And while they, they haven't wanted a goalie controversy to this point, they're going to have one. Yeah. Unless Erson is just no good or what, like. Carter Hart's contract is up after this season. Now, granted, he's a restricted free agent, so he's probably not going anywhere. Right. But what if someone does offer sheet him? Like, oh, well, uh, are we going to pass up all these draft picks to pay a goalie for the next however many years when for half that contract we're not going to be any good? Yeah. Like, it, there's just a lot that goes into this goalie decision. And that leaves out the entire Looming cloud of the Hockey Canada yeah, yeah, yeah. investigation. We just don't know what's gonna happen exactly. with that exactly And, so and even going, there is e- gonna be a goalie controversy yeah, even beyond
0: that I mean Carter Hart and we've talked about this on the show multiple times is that you know his Career progression is pretty unprecedented in that goalies don't usually get this these many starts at this young of an age He has done things that most NHL goalies when they're up for their second third fourth contracts They just don't have that kind of resume Carter Hart could very easily, assuming that he's cleared in all the Hockey Canada stuff, he wasn't involved, no suspension, no black cloud hanging over him, it's very possible that he goes into the next negotiation and wants a boatload of money. And that's why it's important to give Arison a long look this year, because if Carter Hart goes into negotiations and is like, I'm an $8 million year goalie, that's what I'm worth, pay me that, you have to make a decision on whether, you know, does it make sense for us to give him that contract, and if it doesn't, is Sam
1: Harrison good enough to take his spot if we trade him, if someone else thinks he's worth that contract? I was going to ask. Like, looking at cap-friendly, Sean Couturier, highest-paid guy on the team, 775 do you think Carter Hart is going to aim to be highest paid player on the team? I think it, a lot of it just depends on how he does this year. Okay. Because,
0: you know, if you look at his career numbers, they it's, are still dragged down by that one horrible year in 2021. So, but if he were to, let's say this year, the Flyers are, are say, more sound defensively, the second year under John Tortorella, and Carter Hart goes goes out there and posts a 921 save percentage. Yeah, yeah, I think Carter will asked for a boatload of money. And then the Flyers have a real conundrum on their hands as to whether they want to give him that boatload of money when they have somebody like Sam Harrison who they like, when they just spent two high picks on goalies, when they have Kolasov coming over next season. Does it make sense to give him that kind of money versus trading him for a boatload of assets to further the rebuild? These are things why having Sam Harrison as the backup all year, this is important it's a it would be very very big for the flyers if erison goes out there this year plays between 30 and 35 games and looks darn good in those 30
1: to 35 games it opens up a lot of possibilities it carter hart is just such an interesting case to me because like his standard numbers are not great like yeah. just even season to season agreed not spectacular but when you watch him for the most part, yes, there was the one absolutely horrible season and every now and then you can go on a little bit of a cold streak, but he is one of the best players on this team. Oh. He is a, he's definitely yeah, a number absolutely. one goalie. Absolutely. And it's just is he the next level? You just don't know. Like just being this good at this age is so rare. Like you were saying, like there's not a great comparable. Exactly. And goalie
0: contracts are weird. Like we're talking about how that Cal Peterson contract is horrible. How no one would claim it? Like he got five million dollars base uh, of a cap hit, basically off of one good year as a backup and one good year as a sort of starter. And it wasn't like he put up a 930 save percentage. He was in like the high like 910s, if I remember correctly. And they're just like, yeah, sure. Here's $5 million for a few years. Carter Hart is a much better track record than Cal Peterson had when he signed that deal.
1: On the Kings, one of the better checking teams in the league, like a defensive oriented team. Uh, They have a Selkie Trophy winner. They have Drew Dowdy. Like, yeah, you should be Pretty good, and now he—he's one of the worst goalies in the yeah, league. Like, now we know not he's even bad. in the league. He didn't yes. even—he didn't even make the final two. Yeah. He is gone.
0: Cal That's, Peterson. There's a reason why we did not mention him in this battle between uh, Felix Sanheim and Samuel Arison. It's because Cal Peterson, as we talked about yesterday, gone. He was waived. He was sent down today. He's gone. I would assume that you will not see him in a Flyers uniform this year unless injuries strike. So. 22
1: (laughs) starts? Game 20, yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Also gone are Jenning and Adder, sent down today, uh, as well as Samu Tuomalu. uh, When he was talked about by Torts, he said, oh, he's nicked up, but once he's cleared, we're going to send him down. He has since been cleared, and he was sent down. Uh, Starting with the defense, that leaves us... Uh, man, real bad at math. Eight guys. Eight guys. <laughs> you, got like, there. you got there. Looking at it, and like the number eight is used multiple times in your story that you published today. That's that's why I called you Charlie O'Content, man. You go to practice, write a story, and then that like an hour later we're here. Rush down here to talk to go about, about it. You know, way to go, pal. hey, I'm just uh, you know but, Charlie O'Content. They call me like York, Ristolinen, Stahl, Sandheim, Sealer, Walker. We believe they're all making the team. I guess there's a possibility Walkers let go, but I think seems they're, seems unlikely. they're all making it. Yeah, it can then, be ruled out, but seems unlikely. And then there's the idea of will they keep seven or eight because Zamula and Andre both still here. Yes. A lot of comments from Tortorella. Like, these are the things that excited me today. Like, we, Andre's going to be a part of this thing at some point. Like, might not be game one. But he's going to be here, and I really like him, is what it sounded like he was saying. And Mark Stahl might play 40 games this year. It really seems like, oh, no, like, uh, I don't care if we don't play him at all. He really is interested in playing the kids. Like, that was my takeaway from this today. And he said about about Zamula. Oh, like, I don't want a practice player at this age, and we don't want to try to sneak him through waivers. So that means... He's playing. It does. The Zamula
0: thing to me was the most eye-opening because I've been saying for a while that I thought it would be stupid to waive him because I think there would be a decent chance someone would give him a shot. And also, I just like his skill set. I don't know what he's going to be, but I think he has the upside to be something pretty good. So when you're a rebuilding team, why throw that away for nothing? Or why take the risk of throwing that away for nothing? So from my perspective, everything that torch said makes perfect sense. However... He still had to say it, and the fact that the way he positioned it, and, and you broke it down really well, Bill, is just that. Number one, we think he's had a good camp. Okay, so that's number one. We're, we're not writing him writing him off. Writing him off. Number two is that. If we keep him, he's going to play. And number three, we don't want to try to slip him through waivers. So that it, That's it. it It essentially <laughs> You're is out saying of yeah, like, he's going to make the team and he's going to play a lot of games because we got to figure out what we have in these kids. And, and, and Zamul to me is the, the classic example of someone who they, they need to figure out what they have in him. Maybe he sticks. Maybe you play him for 40 games this year and his underlying numbers are trash. He has three assists in 40 games. And then you know, guess what? He's not an
1: NHL player. Cool. And, and that's fine. That's fine. But you Find know, out. at least you know. Find out. It's what we've wanted for so long. It's not like any of these kids, like, uh, we're, we're expecting some, oh, no, actually, he's a star. Like, no. I just want to know if he can play. Yeah. Just let me know if this guy can play.
0: If he's a good second pair defenseman? And that's, I mean, yeah. shit. They just gave Travis Sandheim eight years of a massive cap it to be a good second pair defenseman. Those guys are pretty damn valuable. Charlie. Maybe you can have one of those guys on
1: an entry level de- deal for a while and then a good, cheap bridge deal. That's great. Charlie. The Phillies won last night. I'm really happy with what John Tortorella is saying about the team.
0: Uh, I, 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 is, I didn't need to bring up Sanheim his contract. Sanheim is okay.
1: slowly getting back into maybe some of my good graces. <laughs> we don't need to talk about that goddamn contract. Okay, okay. I uh, apologize. I, it's okay. The uh, the when the what I took also from the D pairs that you tweeted today from practice when I see Stall Sanheim, they really like Zamula Sanheim yeah. as a pair. Yeah. Well. That makes sense then, that he's gonna kind of slide into that role, and then it's Sealer, Walker, Andre. Are we gonna bench one? Are we gonna wave one? Oh, man, I, it just seems like they're gonna try to have more kids make this team than I was expecting. Yeah, I I would still, based on what
0: Tortorella said today, I would still be surprised if Emil Andre makes this team. Okay. And, and part of that too is just that I've watched him play throughout preseason. I'm a big Emil Andre fan. I personally, I don't think he's earned a spot. I think he's shown flashes and that's basically what tortorello said today is that there have been periods there have been shifts where he looks like exactly the guy we think he is and then there's been periods and there's been shifts and there's been even full games where he's just looked kind of like a mess he look, he where he looks like a guy who needs two months in the ahl to figure out all of the intricacies of the north america game of all the angles of the fact that it's a bit quicker and then then bring him up but i don't think he's quite ready yet and i think the the, the quote that he uh, that he said let me let me find it was to me it was very telling and you you hinted at it earlier it was he's one of those guys that is going to play a role in this somewhere along the way and to me you don't say somewhere along the way if somewhere along the way means two years next thursday
1: <laughs> Oh, okay like
0: no but by the same token you're absolutely right like i think he's going to get a saying. bunch of nhl yeah. games i don't think he's going to get the first nhl game and if he's not getting the first nhl game then why keep him up as an extra and like the
1: like there's a lot of season left after Christmas, you know? Oh, like, yeah. if he's oh, not yeah. here for the first couple of months, he could still play a ton of games. And presumably, and granted, I would hope and expect
0: that if he plays well in the AHL, he'll be up here sooner. But. Mark Saul's probably getting traded at the deadline. Sean Walker, you hope they can find someone to trade him at the deadline. Nick Sealer, also hope he gets traded at the deadline. There's going to be a lot of spots that open up, I think, unless by some miracle this team is battling for a playoff spot and they don't trade anybody. But if this season goes the way we expect it to and they're 15 points out of a spot when early February rolls around, A lot of those defensemen at the bottom of the lineup, they're getting moved. And that's when you're going to see Andre get in top four minutes. That's where you're going to see Jinning come up in a a full-time role when Adder comes up. These guys are going to get – they're going to get games. They're going to get time. It just might not be immediately. The only guy who I think it's going to be immediately is Zamula because, number one, he's had the good camp. Number two, there's the waiver part that that plays a role.
1: And he's played in the NHL before. He's not – a complete unknown. No. Like, you don't exactly. know. Like, exactly. It's, it's not new to him. Uh, just one more thing on uh, Mark Stahl. I just have to ask. <laughs> the way Tortorella talks about him. Yes. Was there... Is there yes. any talk amongst any one of your peers that, like... Mark Stahl was thinking about retiring, and then Torts said, I got a real easy job for you. (laughs) You can come in, play, like, 35, 40 games. I'm going to get you one more year of a paycheck, and maybe, like, you get traded to a good team at the end. Like, he seems like he has no problem and it's like he's here to be a coach and a mentor and he's a torts guy he if mark Stahl doesn't play a game it doesn't seem like tortorello is going to have a problem with that i think there's that's that's an exaggeration
0: there's there's a couple things i want to point out here number one i think if anything the conversation in the media room about mark Stahl is very much a we'll believe it when we see it about this whole like mark Stahl ain't going to play that much because we just assume that Tortorella is ultimately going to play Mark Stahl in 78 games because he's Mark Stahl. The what others, if he goes
1: 81 in a row and benches him in the last one? He gives one, him the Chris like Van treatment? Yeah. yeah. The other flip side of that is basically, like, I just
0: – I don't know why Mark Stahl would even – be interested in that pitch like he was just in the cup final he, he's a he's a competitor he wants to play like i mean some of us might be like hey that sounds great sounds let me like, just sit around and do nothing like, all year. Kick. like get a couple get a million dollars for that but that's generally speaking not the way pro hockey players are built and does he
1: have a cup I don't think he's, he's been ever won one. Two. I don't think, I he's, don't ever think he's, one. he's ever won. Because he lost
0: the one with the Rangers, and then he obviously lost the one last year. So, But you could theoretically make that work. You could say, hey, we're only going to play you 20 games the first half of the year. Then we're going to trade you to a good team. You'll
1: be the nice th- and fresh. The thing is, though, if you only play him 20 games, will any of those good teams actually want it? Oh, come on. They're hockey guys. This is still the <laughs> NHL, man. Fair just point. The na- just any of the Stahl I, brothers I, I, will take any of them. I think it's a good bet that that Mark Stahl will get traded for by someone. Perfect setup, Charlie. (laughs) Football is back in full swing with another week of Epic Games. And guess who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? It's DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. DraftKings also has the full slate of hockey futures available. Been checking them out over the last couple days. You know, from uh, team point totals, division odds, postseason futures, Features, player goal totals, so much more. We're gonna get into some of that talk uh, probably next week. I think maybe we'll start actually doing some of these division previews, like in this little weird area we'll between see. the weird area between Monday when the rosters come out—that's fair—and then Thursday when the first game is. Yeah. Like, I see a couple of days there where we might actually be able to do it, Charlie. I That's think fair. so. I, I um, know it's your thing. I know you want to do it. Uh, but it's uh, DraftKings is the best place for all those ice sport wagers, and you already know how great the NFL offerings are so get in on the NFL week 5 action with DraftKings Sportsbook download the app now and use code PHLY to sign up new customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHLY the crown is yours Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in ONT. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. That's a good one. I, I have no voice, and it's like... <laughs> uh, the game was a lot of fun last night. I mean, you I got hope, to see a good one. I hope people who didn't get to go last night get to go tonight, because they're, they're only playing, too. I, I am a bit jealous, though, that you got to see Zach Wheeler, and I'm getting to see Aaron Nola. Ah, it's playoff Nola, man.
0: i which I'm Which, which you.
1: playoff Nola? No, World Series playoff this, Nola? <laughs> this is this is what I'm expecting out of guys like Nola and JT. It's the uh 9 10 Briere Hartnell like bad regular season okay when it's back in the postseason, I will say Nola the final two starts of the season was
0: very good so I'm cautiously optimistic he can carry that into the playoffs but I,
1: I am ready to be heard people are gonna like clip this part when they listen tomorrow and send it to I'm us. I'm just saying, I'm like, ready to be hurt. You couple of assholes. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it was real good. He went four, <laughs> gave up six. Basically, just you. I'm yeah. the one expressing skepticism yeah, yeah, here. Oh, uh, you know. <laughs> anyway, so that's uh that's the defense, that's the goalie situation going on right now. Uh we did mention Tuamala sent down, yes. Uh, yes. And, and going
0: into Tuamala real quick, because we're moving, I think, into the forwards. Yes. Uh the forwards that are left. Tuamala, while he was sent down. John Tortorella was very complimentary of him. Very high on. He basically said, "Number one, I think Tuamala may have actually gotten sent down a couple days prior to today, but he did apparently get banged up a little bit, so they kept him around." He said they were waiting for him to to do a little bit of rehab, so he might not have made it this quite this far, but he certainly made it further than I think anybody expected. And John Tortorella essentially said, "Expect to see him at some point this season." We talked yesterday about Bobby Brink, about like he's a guy who, in a very short period of time, has really changed the narrative, like 180 degrees, on how people are feeling about his momentum, about his upside, to Amala, even more so than Brink. Because Brink, I think it was just that, you know, last year he was injured, he kinda, people forgot about him a little bit, that he was still getting ranked in the top 10 in everybody's prospect list. It was just, you know, maybe he's too small, can't stay healthy, whatever, he's getting a little bit older. Tuamala was very much getting put into bus territory. And it seems like with this camp, development camp, and then rookie camp, main camp, he's put himself very much back on the radar screen. As a potential NHLer in the not-so-distant future. And granted, he still has to do well in the AHL. It's possible he gets to the AHL and just flops. It's, it's happened before. But he's got the attention of the organization, and he's got the attention to John Tortorella.
1: I like seeing it go this way for a guy like Tuamala, Because we've had so many guys. It's like ascending, ascending, ascending. Yeah, they're not even close to what you think they are. Yeah. This was a guy who started – like, we talked about the developmental – uh, process yesterday and how they're really like trying to avoid the pitfalls of this previous generation of prospects, yes. where they all plateaued. It doesn't seems like doesn't seem like anyone hit their ceiling, the exception of maybe TK, who's probably just awesome. You know, yeah, he is like, what he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, is Tumala like an early candidate to be like we fixed it? Like is that some because he's here and he's better than he was somewhere else? Yeah, and that's the opposite of what has gone on for the last ten years. It's certainly possible, and and if that's the case,
0: I mean, one thing that I think this, this is something that I think about. I say to myself, this would be a good feature to do. Let me file this away for a couple of months down the road if I have a story idea, but one thing that they really did for him over the last year and a half or so was they basically joined him at the hip to Sammy Kapanen because, you know, another, another Finn fellow countryman. And they basically told Sammy Kapanen, take care of this kid. You know, this kid's going through a tough time. He's struggling. He isn't really, hasn't really been able to find his place on these teams. Like be his sounding board, be his mentor. And maybe that sort of, you know, attention that they gave this one guy maybe it's paying off in the long term and a guy who last year looked like he was really falling off the radar as a viable prospect now looks like he could maybe be a a real good energy third liner
1: that makes the i mean it made sense from the beginning but it makes the leclerc and sharp hires like if they're just there to be, I don't want to say professional best friends because we've used that as like a derogatory. A der- yeah, yeah like, it's a pejorative it. of players that we just didn't like. Yeah. Uh, but like, <laughs> if they're there to be those sounding boards and those guys, like, okay, yes, you're going to have these yeah. like dips and it's not yeah. like, it's not an escalator. That's not how development works. And if you just have dudes who've been through it like that and who aren't 100 years old, like, I, I think that could be uh, one of the victories of that we were talking about yesterday but brink forster here we go battle of the century (laughs) i I cannot maybe it's just because we're high on these guys and they're they're finally admitting they're rebuilding i can't remember a roster battle and it could not like there is a possibility both make it sure uh but i i I can't remember a battle like this where it's two guys we like. It's yeah. usually like yeah. a veteran who shouldn't be on the roster but is getting paid too much, and then dude who should be here but we can't make room yeah, for. I, I think the, it's always something like that. Yeah, the closest
0: I can remember to there being a battle where I think everybody was excited about the three, it was that year where it was Travis Sanheim, Robert Haig, and Samuel Moran were all battling, I think, for like one spot definitely two spots probably and that was before it became clear that Robert Haig was a number seven at best and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shit on Sam Moran because truthfully I don't know what he would have become had he not had the injuries for his career like he might have been a legitimately good player we just we just don't know such a bummer but my point is, is that that was the last time I could think of where it was a battle between three prospects that everybody was kind of rooting for because we didn't know what these guys were going to be yet. We, I think we all agree that Sanheim probably had the highest ceiling, so maybe everyone was rooting for him the most. But I don't think anybody was like opposed to the idea of Robert Hager, Sam Moran becoming darn good third-pair defensemen. Like, that was cool when it looked like a possibility. And this one is similar where you've got two guys where, honestly both Forrester and and Brink probably have similar ceilings to what we viewed as Travis Sanheim ceiling back then, where we knew Travis Sanheim probably wasn't going to be a superstar, but we thought he could be a top of the lineup type of guy. And both these guys, if they hit, they're not going to be superstars. They're not on the the Mitchkoff-Gautier realm in terms of prospects, but they could be second-liners, darn good ones. And hey, maybe if all breaks right, maybe they can be on a first line. You never know. So these are two exciting guys. And you know, one thing that's interesting about the conversation we have with Tortorella today, I, I came into this press conference with him. I wanted to to really pin him down because he's he's said a couple times it's not necessarily Forrester versus Brink. And then I, because of the way that the the, the interviews have gone, I didn't really have the opportunity to to hit him with a follow up of like. Okay, you might say that, but like, how are you gonna make the numbers work? And today I was able to basically say like, would you guys, if you think that these guys both should be on the team, and you think both these guys should be in the top nine, are you guys willing to adjust the fourth line that you seem to like so much to get both these guys in the opening night lineup? And his answer, which like, you know what, fair. I believe this is an honest answer, was haven't even gotten there yet. I'm just not sure what it ends up being Monday. You can ask me that question when we finalize things Monday. I honestly think, and I know that fans might not fully believe this, I honestly think that Tortorella doesn't know. I think he's happy with both these guys. I think he's like, I want to find a way to get these guys on the roster,
1: and I don't even want to think about the fact that I might not be able to. And that's – I can see him legitimately struggling with the – like. I want Forster. And I think I've he wanted, does. I've I wanted him really since the beginning. Forster. Yeah, and Bobby Brink has earned it. And yeah. I always think it's a bad movie, but I always think to a scene in Invincible uh, when uh, when uh, the coach is like talking to his wife about Marky Mark mm-hmm. and uh, Marky Mark, <laughs> <laughs> and he, like his wife is like, just you know, it's your first year here, man. Like, don't do anything ridiculous. Like, bring a guy off the street on the team. He's how can I cut a guy who's done everything I asked him to do? Like, if I'm going to be all about accountability and earning it, yep. I have to give it to Brink. Yeah, I don't want to have to make the choice between these two, though, because exactly. I really, really want Forster. Exactly. And he can say it's not those two head-to-head all he wants. Uh, you also tweeted the forward lines today, and they were alternating with each other. They sure were. With Farabee and Couturier, yep. which is like, we're giving you both, like... You can't say we we put you out there with DeLaurier so you didn't get a chance. Yeah, yeah. We gave you the one C and the one L W. Yep. Good luck. Yep. Exactly. And I think
0: I think the disconnect between like us as analysts and observers trying to, you know, figure out the roster and somebody like Torts is that Torts is thinking about it in his head less like he will get to this point but i think right now torts is less thinking in his head of where does everybody fit and more thinking in his head of who deserves to be here and that's why in his head he's not really thinking of like well you know it's only one spot and it's the top nine he's thinking like nah Forcer should be here brink should be here so they should be here and we'll find a way whereas i'm looking at the roster and being like i know you're saying you'll find a way but like how you're really gonna find a way but he didn't I asked him the question straight up, and notably he did not say that no, that fourth line is set in stone. And the fact that he didn't say that, that opens the door. It opens the door to the possibility that maybe one of those three guys, Nick DeLaurier, Ryan Paling, and Garnet Hathaway, that one of those three guys maybe, just maybe, won't be in the starting lineup for game one if Bobby Brink has just done so well that it messes with their whole concept of a meritocracy to not have him on the opening night roster. And like, as we talked about yesterday, somebody like Scott Lawton, like, look, does Scott Lawton want to be in the top nine? Of course he does. He wants to score points. He's a hockey player. But Scott Lawton, if they ask him, hey, we need you to be on the fourth line for a few games to start the year, like, he's not the kind of guy that's going to complain, and they know that. So it's not something where, like, it's a major issue to bump him down. The issue is... They just really like that fourth line, and I don't think they want to screw it up.
1: And that's to that point about Lawton. He was alternating with Allison on the second line today. A couple of guys whose spots, like... Spots in the lineup are in flux. It's yeah. like, Allison might be on... Al- a, Allison he, might, be a, might, be a, might be a 13th forward. Could be a waiver guy if they want to go that route, yeah. Like, not, not really sure, and Lawton could end up on the fourth line. Yeah, so like, Lawton's playing, to be yeah, clear. Oh, Lawton's like, gonna, they're not, they're not yes. scratching Scott no, I, Lawton. Just in terms of his, like, lineup positioning. Yeah, and it always is. That's yeah, part of his role. That's, that's who He's he is. He's the Swiss Army Knight. He yeah. plays every, everywhere and anywhere. Um, I just... Do you think there's any appetite whatsoever to sit Nick DeLaurier? Like, do you think that's a real possibility? Well, I mean, look. Not regularly, but maybe more than we'd expect. I don't think, I guess my
0: thing is like, and granted, I'm not the big fighter guy type person. I don't think you need Nick DeLaurier in the lineup every night. I think, you know, yeah, you have him in the lineup some nights, sure. But I don't think you need him. Like, if you're playing against, like, the Minnesota Wild, the team where they
1: had, like, five fights in the first period last year, yeah, probably put Nick Deloria. You want Nick Deloria in that game. Toronto has Reeves. You're going to want him that day. Like, But there's only, like, four of those dudes left, and we have one of them. Exactly. (laughs) So, to me, like, Paling deserves to be in the opening
0: night lineup. He's at a really good camp, and they love his penalty-killing ability. So I don't think he is... In danger of not being in the starting lineup, Hathaway I think's had a strong camp too, and I think they're just excited about him. There's a little bit of shiny new toy in there with him, with the coaches, where it's like, He's a good man, player. man, this guy's a good player. I want him on my roster because I want to see what he can do with this team. So while I don't think they want to bench Deloria, I really don't. I think they see real value in his the, his protection ability of the kids. Like they're gonna, I guess I'll put it this way. If they're gonna have Brink and Forrester in this opening night lineup, they're gonna have to make a decision they don't wanna make. Like They're gonna have to make a hard
1: decision because that's the only way that you can There's, make it work. You only allowed so many guys. Yeah, like, this like, you're not gonna a, start 13 yeah. forwards. Like, uh, so just the last thing, like, Brink Forster, Um, you mentioned how while you're a fan of Emil Andre, you think he could benefit from some AHL time? I do, like, I definitely do. Just, Let's be sure. Yeah. You know, let's be just, sure. Just, just l- I'd rather him make the mistakes in the
0: AHL than make them in the NHL, and then
1: end up in the coach's doghouse, exactly. and then we, he's lost confidence, and yeah. now he's no longer a prospect. Yeah. Uh, do you think it'll be better for Brink in the long run? Like you talked yesterday. This could just be a heater. It could. Like, he he had a bad AHL season last I year. I wouldn't say bad. Uh, he, it, just, it just wasn't He great. was coming back from the injury and didn't look good. Yeah. Uh, the rookie camp wasn't exactly impressive. He's put up some points. He's looked good a few games. Does that mean he's ready? Like, if he goes to the AHL for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, it's, oh, no, he is ready. And we find out and then bring him up. Do you think that'll be better for him in the long run than... The potential to he makes the team looks like shit we send him down I think my answer is no
0: I, I don't I don't really fully buy in I think I'm sure it's the case for some guys but I don't fully buy into this idea that you're gonna ruin a guy because you had him up for four games and you found that he was overwhelmed and you sent him down and then you crush his confidence to, in my mind if, if a guy is gonna have his confidence crushed that quickly then he probably wasn't gonna make it anyway that that's my personal opinion i'm sure there's exceptions that said i think you could very easily position it if you wanted to like I don't think it's going to hurt Bobby Brink to go down for a month or two I don't think so either and you could very easily position it in the media position it to Brink that basically look dude you only played a half a season in the AHL last year most of that half a season you were playing at like (laughs) 70 percent so why don't you actually tear up the AHL for a month or two we get you what you go point per game just kill it down there and then when we call you up man you know that you're friggin' ready And I'm sure he thinks he's ready now, but they could position it as you still haven't proven everything you could possibly prove in the AHL yet. Go down, do that. Like, to me, Forster. Well, yeah, he could put up more points. To me, Forrester last year proved about as much as he needed to prove in the AHL. Brink hasn't quite done that yet, and you could position it to him as, you need to do that for a month before we call you up. I Look, I think they're going to do their best to try to get both these guys on the team. It that's, really seems That's like the impression
1: it. I've been getting that's, over the last like day or so. I did not believe it was possible, and then I heard Tortorella talk today, yeah. and I think I think it is, but this could just come down – to who looks their best on Thursday? And if you want to look if you want to look your best you got to go with our friends at FOCO because FOCO has the absolute best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. Listen, man, you know it's football season. It's tailgating season. The tailgate at uh, Citizens Bank Park was awesome last night. It's going to get chilly, though. Hockey season coming. Basketball, it's going to be a little chilly. You need the tailgating gear. FOCO has it. Overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game, and so much more because it's not just team apparel. It's accessories, toys, collectibles, and novelty items as well. Uh, anything you need to maybe you know build a podcast studio or something like that. So uh, Foco always has our. I just totally screwed that <laughs> up. Foco always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-pre sale items. Use the promo code PHLY. That's promo code PHLY for ten percent off. Go with Foco, even if I read that bad. <laughs> uh, don't play a FOGO for Bill's bad <laughs> yes. Blame the people who run PHLY for being like Bill can read. Uh, so there's one simple solution to me to this entire issue. Mm-hmm. But it's not something they can do right away. But I think it's something they can do sooner than later. Trade Cam Atkinson. That solves the problem. Cam Atkinson is 34 years old. He looks good. He's not going to be a part of this team's future. He plays the position that we need to open up. He is a yeah. right winger. Yeah, we have a team of right wingers. You're not wrong. They're all right wingers. They all play the right. The side. defensemen also right wingers. Uh, like, <laughs> Actually, they have mostly left left yes, left yeah. shots on on yeah, the defense. It's but. true. Uh, <laughs> but uh, like, how soon do you think it's possible that they could pull the trigger? on a Cam Atkinson trade. Like could it be American Thanksgiving? I mean look, what I'll say is I haven't heard a damn thing to tell me I that they know, are I they know. are even like
0: like loosely gauging interest for somebody like, hey what if, if Cam has thirty points in, in December, would you want him? Like I don't even think that's happened yet. And I un- look, I understand that that fans are looking at these prospects and being like, how can we move somebody out? How how can we make all this fit? I get it. And I think in the end, those sorts of things will happen. You know somebody will get moved They out. will eventually they've, happen. Obviously, they've obviously had conversations about scott lawton over the summer i'm sure his name will pop up they certainly have people calling about travis connecting i'm sure his name will pop up if cam atkinson proves he's proves he's healthy he'll be involved and then they can make a decision based on the quality of the offer about who they feel fits in whatever culture john tortorella is trying to create and they can make a decision but i don't don't hold your breath on them rushing to trade Cam Atkinson by American Thanksgiving, by Christmas. Like, I do think this logjam, if it stays a logjam, will be resolved. I think they know that's important. I also think, and this is something that, again, it depends on how much you trust John Turterell. It depends on how much you trust the organization. So much. But I do think that. The Flyers might be a lot more creative than most people think in terms of juggling the lineups to get these kids playing time. And I'm not, look, I'm not saying that they're gonna bench Cam Atkinson. I am saying that if there are veterans who are not pulling their weight, in November I don't think they will hesitate to move them down the lineup if it means that it's going to get Bobby Brink second line minutes rather than third line minutes you know what I mean like I don't think they're going to hesitate in the same way that the Hextall
1: hackstall
0: duo did
1: in, oh, in, yeah. in, a, in a way that infuriated that's, us so much. So they're going to be awake, It's what yeah, you're telling exactly. me. They're actually going to have their eyes open and watch the games and go, this isn't going well. We should do something else. Yeah, they're not just going to bury their heads in the sand like Osh. Yeah. Uh, I do not think so. That's absolutely wonderful. And that's, like... I don't want us to always just be positive, positive, positive. Oh, because, we'll, f- we'll have Like many opportunities, to be negative. I, once I, the I listen starts. back to these shows, and I think we're being objective. But like, I'm definitely excited about the direction that they're taking right now, and a lot of it. Like, I was talking to the boss man Vince earlier. I'm just happy they have a direction. Yeah. I just like it doesn't seem like it's run by a bunch of people who don't know what's going on. They actually have a vision for what this is going to be. Well, and, and also, because I, I think. The, the two
0: issues with their past direction number one the direction didn't make any sense yeah but number two and this might play in, this might be connected with the fact that the direction didn't actually make any sense when it was articulated but they really didn't even try to articulate it no i think now it's it's the two sides of the coin, both on the good side, where now they have
1: a direction that makes sense and they have an increased willingness to try to articulate are, it. Are you telling me they didn't articulate it properly? I mean, he said it's a retool, Charlie. It's a retool, Charlie. You didn't get any new tools, but it was a retool. no they they <laughs> got they got they Tony D'Angelo. Tony D'Angelo, yeah, <laughs> congratulations. That, that's okay. Who they okay. bought okay. out I, I, nine months later. I do want to go on a little bit of a rant about Please this do. Please because.
0: Do. John Turtarello now, he said this again today, he said this obviously last week, we talked about this, the idea of, you might say this is the first year of the rebuild, to me last year was a rebuild, and while I agree with him in the sense that that is definitely the way he was approaching it. like. You can't say that last year was a rebuild when, in the lead-up to the season, you traded three draft picks for Tony D'Angelo, and then you signed Travis Sandheim, who was going on 27, to an eight-year contract.
1: And you, you re-upped Risto.
0: You don't do those things if it's a rebuild. You do those things if you haven't admitted to
1: yourself that it's a rebuild, which is exactly what was really going on by the people it's at the top. truly unbelievable the way last year was handled. <laughs> it's it's the, wild. It's uh, Maybe that's what's leading to my positivity, is that, like— <laughs> just baseline competence. I don't think they're ridiculous. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Which is a real step in the right direction for them after everything we've been through for the last several years, the last two regimes basically.
0: Uh, Have a vision, be consistent, and at least now we're judging them, like look, we're gonna disagree with some of the moves they make, but at least now we're judging them based on the, the proper
1: framework. That's like, there's, we're all on the same page in which, like, okay, this is how they should be evaluated because everything is in service of. Yes. Okay. Exactly. When Mishkov gets here, we need to be good. Yeah. Like, so, the, okay, we have a, we have a, a timeline and how good and how long it takes. That's up to the players. They've told us that a bunch. Like, exactly. how long is this gonna take? The players will let us know sure that that's just that's how it goes the players are the ones who have to go out there and then do it but now we can just go okay so this is this is the plan. This is how we're going to have to evaluate them. If they lose 3 1 on opening night, I'm not going to just throw a tantrum. Well, because you might. They be, uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, they lost. They're rebuilding. Like, that's what happens. It's like, yeah, you know, that uh, veteran didn't look good. Well, doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't, yeah. He like ain't going to be here. Yeah, he, yeah, I, it's like Magic Johnson. I ain't going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Like, uh, so, Wade Allison going on well is the, he just like here because
0: he's got to be he's still here which is a good sign I mean his buddy Tanner lazinski is gone so Allison's still here cleared a- waivers yeah Leszczynski cleared, cleared yes. waivers today so he will go down I, I'm not shocked that no one wanted him Cal Peterson also cleared shockingly I am I am like negative <laughs> shocked that that he uh that he cleared but waivers didn't accept him I'm like now nah, you're fine <laughs> we don't need you Wade Allison is still here Wade Allison does not have to, like, leave the team. And the, the only way, looking at it, because right now, they have 25 guys on the roster, okay? Really, they have 24, because Felix Santrum, while he is still here, he is still going to be practicing with the team, at least through Monday. They have straight up told us he ain't getting the backup job, they're not keeping three goalies, so Santrum is functionally gone. They have 24 guys left in camp that are healthy, that are battling for spots. There's 23 spots left. so. Wade Allison does not actually have to be waived to make this work. All they really have to do is, is send Emil Andre down. you got a 23-man roster. Boom, you're good. So Wade Allison, the only way that you have to waive him is if you want to keep both Andre and Igor Zamola. And, get, Forster and, and Forster and Break. And Forster and Break. That's the only way. And my guess is they're going to send Andre down. So you keep Allison as the extra. He's, he's clearly not going to be in the lineup mix to start this 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 season. I don't think that's going to happen. But injuries happen. At some point, he's going to get a look, and then he's going to have hopefully have the opportunity to change the narrative. Uh,
1: you know, uh, we got this is actually a good I guess time to jump into one of the uh, mailbag questions from Monday. It is now Wednesday, uh, because it kind of <laughs> it kind of relates to this. We got a question from uh, there's a great Twitter handle. It's Notorious Pig. That is a good one. It's, it's a good one. Uh, he asks, of the players who don't seem to have a spot on this team, which one is the next Patrick oh Sharp? Oh, God. See, I... Now, I, I, uh, listen. Uh, that's, it's not... I'm, I'm not so, trying I'm, to, I'm sorry, Notorious VIG, <laughs> but we really need to get over Patrick no, Sharp. He's, he's now an employee <laughs> of the organization. We need to he's get back, over Patrick baby. Sharp. Former Flyer. Get drink. over it. No, it's, it's not just... The framing, okay. Forget Patrick, but is, <laughs> is Patrick Sharp is Wade Allison a candidate to be that yes, guy? Yes. Like, are we in two years gonna go if he was waived and claimed? Like shit, we really let one get away. I do believe that if there is a guy who
0: pops up somewhere else because he didn't fit here and turns out to be a pretty good player, it's Allison. I think he's. I think he has the the upside to be a good player. Thing is, is like he's not young. And that's the thing. he's much older than people think. like, he was born in 1997. He turns 26 in, like, 10 days. Like, he's not a young guy. So I understand why the Flyers are looking at it and being like, dude, like, shit or get off the pot. Like, I get it. I understand why they're kind of like, hey, if he was going to show it, he'd show it, and we have, like... Eight
1: right-handed shooting wingers. We don't need and you. We're anymore. trying to create a way to get more of the dudes who play his position on this team, yeah. and he's already here. It's like, well, yeah, yeah, but he might not be playing. Yeah, but and- I, but I do agree that if
0: there's a guy like I don't think they're they're going to be regretting Tanner lazinski somewhere else. If he doesn't make it here, I don't think he's making it anywhere. Wade Allison, yeah, I could see him. If, if he, at some point this year, there's a roster crunch, you know, maybe there's a young guy who's playing really well down in the minors and they want to bring him up to get a shot and Allison hasn't played in three weeks and they're like, well, we'll waive him and maybe he gets picked up by San Jose and scores 20 goals.
1: Like, yeah, I could totally see that as a possibility. And just in terms of the comparison to Sharp, I think Justin Williams is the more apt comparison because he was good but hurt like Bobby Brink yeah. always hurt while Patrick Sharp but, was but, but, good but, but, in the AHL true. and he just, did just didn't really show it up here. Yeah, he didn't show and it then in his And the coach was like, I'm
0: done with this but guy. But I guess the difference between him and Williams is Williams was traded. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I guess Sharp was too, but the Sharp trade... The Sharp trade was a little bit more like, "Hey, we're doing you a solid because you don't fit here." Yeah. like that place. Like that place to me is more of like functional waivers, whereas the Williams trade was, "We're trying to win now. We need a defensive because everybody's
1: hurt." I was just trying to make a joke about Sharp and Williams. Get both of their names in there. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I am just, I'm excited about uh about what's coming up this Thursday because you know what or next Thursday next Charlie Thursday, you know because you know it, why
0: it's the opener in Columbus I'll next be there. Thursday
1: it's game time, it's game time baby sure is and buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have game time is the place for last minute ticket deals forget planning months in advance game time is deal on tickets right up to the day of the event get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more the game time guarantee Means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets, if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress of Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. You know, if you're looking, maybe maybe head down to Columbus. I know uh Steph Driver. It's one of her she, favorite she cities in the Columbus, country. Actually, She's a big yeah. fan of Columbus. She's a Columbus defender. Yeah. You know who isn't a Columbus defender? Jeff Carter. Jeff <laughs> Carter. <laughs> That's, I heard a question. Oh man. Oh, it was who had a better who had a better Columbus career. Uh, Babcock or Jeff Carter and it's like this might be the one answer where it's Jeff Carter actually might be the one it's the funniest thing of all time is him sulking his entire way through there the possibility of getting traded to LA to be reunited with Mike Richards comes up he scores a hat trick and is then traded I just it's the funniest shit I've ever seen there there
0: are so many funny parts of that Jeff (laughs) Carter side I mean you have number one you have the Columbus brain trust having to fly to Philly and drive to Seattle to drag I'll him, pull out, of him sh- out of a drag bar. him out of his sure house, having like a week long <laughs> yeah. bender to get him to come to Columbus. Then you have the fact that he just sulked the entire time. Then you have possibly my favorite the fact that Columbus found a way to lose both trades involving Jeff Carter. Truly. Because they trade, they, they trade the pick that becomes Couturier, Voracek, and then honestly, the pick that becomes Nick Cousins, where he might not have worked out in Philly, but he had a pretty decent, decent player, NHL yeah. career. Career. So they trade those to get Carter and then they trade Carter
1: to get Jack Johnson, Jack Johnson. <laughs> like, like, wow, legitimately one of the worst, like the Andrew McDonald 1.0. Yeah. Like the original, the original Andrew McDonald. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So the guy who like, yeah, if, you know, if, if coaches would have ever accepted that, like,
0: he's just a solid six. No one would have hated him. But instead, because he could skate real fast and he was big, they were like, oh, yeah, he's a top pair guy, obviously.
1: He can't do anything else. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He looks Um, good. I want to get to one of these other questions because it concerns the defense and it's funny to me. Okay. From MP, he asks, did Torts fix Risto? Is it too soon to be optimistic about that? And... I, did, I, don't think, I don't think it's too soon to be optimistic. We I think did it's like too, what we saw. Last I think
0: it's year. too soon to be certain that he's fixed. But I don't think it's too certain to be optimistic because pretty much the entire, I would say starting in like, mid to late november through the end of the year risto kind of re- he reinvented himself as an actually good defensive defenseman and then in the actual second half he even started scoring a little bit again because there was a long stretch like i think in from like mid mid november through the end of december the defensive play clearly got better but he just couldn't buy a point and i'm not saying that if you're a stay-at-home defenseman that you gotta score a ton but like I think he had something like four points in his first like thirty something games, and it's like, yeah, that that's not going to play. Like, you need to you need to produce a little, even from the back end. I and should, then in like, the second half of the year,
1: he did. You're gonna collect a couple of assists right? just by accident. Yeah, you play the puck into the neutral zone. One guy tips it to another, and he goes in and scores. Yeah. Now, granted, this team doesn't score a ton, There's so that. you know it's. But like, you're gonna get a few, and, and that's been the biggest surprise about Risto to me since he became a flyer is the scoring numbers. Now, granted, he got a ton of power play time in Buffalo, and they really tried to make him, like, they gave him, you know, top pair minutes. He's not getting that here. But if the scoring comes around a little bit, and he can actually, because that was the craziest part. It's like, well, we're going to make him a stay-at-home defenseman. Well, he's not. And then it actually kind of kind of came around later well year. he's always had the
0: the physical tools to be a really good defensive defenseman and i think that's what sort of tricked a lot of coaches into believing that well he looks he like hits that he, he's big yeah, yeah like he looks like a defensive defenseman so he must be and then you looked at the underlying numbers and the results and you're like this dude gets gashed for scoring chances every time he's on the ice he's not a defensive defenseman if anything he's an offensive defenseman because at least he can put up some points while he's getting gashed for tons of scoring chances well what the flyers did and it didn't really work in year one it worked in year two because honestly torts and brad shaw are pretty darn good coaches they got him to buy in probably by some tough love with emphasis on the tough on you have to play better defense like the one thing that infuriated me the most about watching Risto for years and this dates back to Buffalo was that he was so single-mindedly focused on hitting everything in sight that he would pull himself so far out of position and then like you'd have these commentators being like, great hit by Risto Leinen, wow, what a pulverizing hit, and then four seconds later, and they score. And it's like, there's a causation here. Like this isn't even correlation, this is Risto was in position, decided he wanted to kill a forward high in the zone, and then left the guy down low wide open for a goal. He did very little of that last year. I think they finally got through to him. Now, will they continue to get through to him? Will he fall back into bad habits? We'll see. We have a much longer sample size of Risto being bad than Risto being good, but he did make legitimate stylistic changes to his game, which leads me to believe that as long as he can keep his head right in terms of doing what they want him to do, that
1: he should be able to keep doing it because he has the ability to do it. He just has to show he can do it again. Has uh, Was there anything else that came out of practice or torts today that you think like m- – is a bigger deal, like something that you just kind of caught your eye that, you know, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Was there anything that happened today that you were a little surprised by? Do you by? mean on the ice or in terms of what Torts uh, said? What he said, on the
0: ice, anything. Um, I mean, I certainly wasn't expecting to see or to hear that they were... Handing Harrison the job immediately like I was not expecting the to way he
1: answered. It was, it was hilarious wild.
0: Yes, and again this speaks to what I was saying earlier about this idea of transparency. It does seem like they are committed to when possible Telling the fan base the truth and not just, like, yeah, there's some things you're gonna have to hide. Like, they're not gonna be able to say on the record that, yes, we tried to trade Travis sanheim and Tory Crew wouldn't waive the no trade clause. Like, no, they can't say that, of course. Of course, you can't say that. But there are times where you can tell the fan base the truth and it's not gonna hurt you. Like, it's not gonna, it, it is not gonna hurt you to tell the fans four days early that, yeah, we're not going to try to like pull the wool over your eyes and act like Arison and Sandstrom are still battling, and then announce it on Monday because that's the way it's done. If we know Arison's got the job, why why keep up the why keep up the facade? He's got the job, and I like that. I I like the honesty. I like the transparency.
1: I think we all do. And. Uh... I think I like today's show, Charlie, because that is all the time we have for you on PHLY Flyers today. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out tomorrow. We will be on again at 2.30, and we will be previewing. The final showdown of Brink and Forster. The, oh man, the the dress rehearsal, the final preseason game of this slate. Hopefully, we'll the, be celebrating a uh, Philly series win. Oh, we will be. Yeah, they need to wrap this thing up, man. I gotta, I, I gotta get my life right for a couple of days. <laughs> uh, so, thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. My name is Bill Mats for Charlie O'Connor. Have a great day, Philly. <laughs>